Nation. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, June 14th, and the PLL is heading to Chicago for week three. So uh, week two just wrapped up last weekend at Red Bull Arena in lovely, lovely Newark, New Jersey, that fucking shithole of a town. We'll get to that later. But Jake, how are you feeling after week two is just wrapped up? Uh, that was a pretty wild weekend. Extremely satisfying. Um, you know, other than the fact that it was in obviously Newark, I, I didn't get, I didn't have to experience it. So, you know, again, it's all the same to me. So I just, you know, it's whatever, but no, the games were crazy. Uh, there was some, some wild shit going on and I, I, I'm a lot to talk about, you know? Yeah. So a lot on the board, um, real quick, just to, cause I always forget to say this, uh, we do have an interview a little bit later in this episode with Connor Fields, maybe chance to see some of his highlights from his game on Sunday against the Atlas where he uh, hashtag broke the internet. Uh, but so Connor Fields, he will be coming up a little bit later in this show. But yeah, I like you said, a, another great weekend of lacrosse. I think that that's just what we should expect every single weekend in this league. Um, you know, we we talked about it for a while with how these rosters were built up where all these teams are pretty fucking even. And we talked about, you know, the fact that a lot of these games are probably going to be decided by just one or two goals. That's what we got on Saturday again. So we had another overtime game on Saturday between the whip snakes and the Chrome uh, archers and redwoods. It was a one goal game. Didn't go to overtime, but still a tight one. And then yeah, the, the Sunday game, bit of a bloodbath. Um, but yeah, so you know, what, what were some of the highlights for you in, in that week two action? Uh, I think some of the highlights for me were, I mean, where, where do we start? Um, that chaos game was absolutely off the chain. Um, you know, we, we finally saw some guys absolutely just throwing the two ball down. Um, I mean, just the way the archers move the ball has always been um, a huge highlight for me. Uh, the, the chaos right now is probably the greasiest, dirtiest team, um, dirty in the way, like just they, the way that they always find a way to score. Um, other than that, just, I mean, what, you know, after that first game, it was like the, the, like 80, 90% of the games have gone to overtime. Like that was wild. Um, of course, you know, real quick. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of breaking news here. So, Oh, oh God. Yeah, so breaking news on the wire. So uh, we're recording this right now. It's Wednesday afternoon. So again, this is going to be one of those things where we're breaking the news to you right now. Uh, the only thing is like you're not going to listen to this for like another 48 hours. Uh, but via lacrosse discussion on Twitter, which like the it, it's not a is it credible? Is it credible it's, source? It's it's not a credible source, but guess what? We're gonna run with it anyway. Um, so this is at talk underscore lax on Twitter. Just in Loyola men's across to Wharton winner Pat Spencer has received an offer from Northwestern men's basketball. Please credit talk underscore lax. So again, not a not a credible source, but I feel like I feel like no one's like just making shit up about Pat Spencer getting an offer to play basketball at Northwestern. But so there, there we go. I mean, breaking news right as we hit the mics too. I mean, that's the second time this has happened, right? So, I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a good trend. Um, you know, I actually, I do have another bit of breaking news that I broke a little bit before we started recording. Um, 
So while while we're already hot in the streets with with breaking some news, let me uh, just talk about this real quick. This would make more sense to have a little bit later in the episode when we get into our week three preview. But I've got the the scoop bug right now, so I got to get this scoop out there. Uh, Ryan Drenner of the Whip Snakes. So week three in Chicago. Make sure I, you know. Obviously, people are going to be watching a stick because the ball is going to be in there a lot. The ball is also going to be in the back of the net every time it leaves his stick. But if you check out his feet, a little breaking news here, inside scoop: Ryan Drenner will be rocking some Yeezy cleats. Week three PLL action in Chicago. So make sure to credit the crease die for that one. Um, I saw someone on Twitter call them. Uh, uh, the the drip snakes, which I think is a, a fantastic nickname. So uh, Ryan Drenner, absolute swag hound. He's been a swag hound since his days at Towson, and it looks like he's going to keep that one going. Week three, rocking the Yeezys, and Pat Spencer could potentially be playing basketball at Northwestern. Uh, that's good for Pat. It's a decent school, right? You know, Northwestern's not not too bad. Yeah, that that would make sense to me. Like, hey, Pat's Pat seems like a smart guy. He can go play basketball and get a good, you know, a good master's degree from there. Which would what? Well, he'd be a grad student, correct? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people go to Northwestern for uh, like their journalism school. Yep. Um. So if, if I mean, they have, they have a good analytics program and some business stuff. So you know, it's like, ha ha, business. You know, all that all that good stuff. So I mean, good for him. Yeah, Pat, um, how are the markets doing, bud? Yeah, stonks. Just going right up. <laughs> uh, I mean, awesome for Ryan Drenner. Too. I mean, yeah, it, it's that's huge for feet guys too. You know, all those guys who are, you know, kind of out there on the TV, just, you know, get a little bit hot and bothered by seeing some nice feet. I mean, you're going to see some in, in that game. Um, I mean, so here, so here's my thing. Like, you know, we, we gave Ryan Conrad all this shit for the black cleats and the white socks, but like the whip snakes, they – I, the orange on the Adidas cleats is light enough that it's, I think it's okay with white socks. I don't know what, I, it would look terrible with black socks or maybe some matching socks, but I, that's the only, that's the only case that I'm going to give them a slide. Yeah. Uh, you know, that like they, they can, they can rock that and I'll be okay with that. But other than that, nobody else gets a, gets a free pass. Yeah. I feel like if, if you're, if like the color is somewhere like, like I, I feel like those those citrus colors play well, yeah. especially with lacrosse. Um, but the the citrus color with a little white in in the so that that works pretty well. Like I wouldn't go around necessarily rocking like navy cleats with with uh, white socks. Like that's still close enough to black or like a dark green. But like if you're wearing dark green cleats, like that's fucking ugly as shit anyway. Like you're just going to blend into the turf. Um, so like, unless you're like the troops and you're rocking like camo cleats. So, I mean, shout out to the troops. They can wear whatever they want. Uh, but yeah, so the, I think, I think the Yeezy cleats, it'll be interesting to see what, what socks go with them and, and actually, you know, what the design ends up looking like. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, breaking news per, the crease dive. So, you know, I, I don't want to see anybody out there. As soon as you see him wearing those cleats, the first thing that needs to pop into your head, be like, Hey, thanks crease dive for letting me know that this was going to happen. And so that I could prepare for it both mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it's going to be huge. We're going to at least need to see some screen caps, you know, maybe, maybe get a full body shot, you know, kind of rip it from the, rip it from the broadcast, you know, something like that. I hope NBC is okay with that. You might get an email about it, but who knows who cares? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, but what were we, Oh yeah. We were talking about week two of the oh, yeah. season. Um, and, and with and you, the whip snakes and the Chrome going at it. 
you know, the boy, the boys getting wild over there, dude, let the boys play. Um, you know, and, and I think that this is like, I, I wrote a blog about this and there's, there's like a few things that professional lacrosse can do that is going to attract new fans that like weren't necessarily huge lacrosse fans in the first place. Um, one of them is, is obviously with just like nasty ass highlights, which we've been seeing since training camp. So like they have that one locked down already. Um, Another thing that's going to lock in people like you're going to get the degenerates. If you start, um, you know, going all in on the, on the gambling scene. Uh, if anyone listened to, to PR Paul Rabel, not a big deal. Just, you know, little, little nickname basis there. Um, but if you listen to him on part of my take, you heard that gambling in the PLL, it is coming eventually. They just need like at least like a full year of building up stats in order to uh, get places like FanDuel and DraftKings to be able to like, do whatever the fuck their nerds do at putting together those lines and everything like that. Um, and then the third thing that it's going to get, like you, you just need to get all the the simple minded folks out there, like the people like me who they just want to see bodies hit the floor. They want to see violence. They want to see some scraps. And and we saw that in that whip snakes Chrome game. Um, so, you know, Maryland versus Duke pretty much. So, you know, two teams that absolutely hate each other and things were getting real chippy out there. Yeah, you know, it all started. Um, it was uh, Drenner going to going to the goal. Um, now, I will disagree with the commentating. All right, Boyle. I think I think Burke suggested that Drenner may have been pushed into the crease. Boyle said it was kind of halfway. I think it was more a dive, and then he fell on top of them. No, Classic. good no. God. I, I I I don't know if it was necessarily a push, but the aftermath obviously you know your goalie getting you know it, you got you got to protect your goalie and then rambo coming in you know helmet flying off mad as a hornet like i i get that you know it, it doesn't really matter okay here, here's the thing it doesn't really matter how we got there the fact that the boys were in there protecting each other it was you know and and it could have got bad if there wasn't you know the low ref right there or anything like that um i i i don't necessarily like playing goalie now with the dive is a much more like it's hazard pay, right? It's much more hazardous for for the goalie. So like, yeah, I'm going to be pissed if somebody gives up in my grill. I'm surprised it was, um, I'm surprised uh, nobody popped up and, you know, started, started swinging, like actually swinging. But um, I mean, he, he was, he was definitely like pushed, like he was going toward the cage and then he gets put. So his momentum's going toward the cage. Then he gets right. pushed toward the cage. So that's like a lot of momentum to try to stop. So then he goes airborne. Cause he can't just like run through the crease. And like, he like, and like Galloway, like got out of the way. Um, so, I mean, like there was like a little bit of contact there. I defensemen do this all the time. And, and they're so like, I, I feel like I, I have to tweet about this like every other week where it's like, Hey, defenseman, like use your fucking brains, buddy, like quit pushing people into your own goalie. Um, but I mean, again, like you said, the, regardless of how we got in there, he was in there. A little bit of contact was made. That's where some fists need to be flying. And, and that scrap was, that scrap was great. Um, you know, we, we loved it. It would be nice to like, start to see like, uh, you know, maybe a couple guys kind of go off to the side and, and square up a little bit, but I feel like we're building to that moment. Like these guys, these teams aren't going to be at a point where they're ready to rip each other's throats out MacGruber style. Like 
you know, every single time they play, but like the more that they play against each other, the more that they start to hate each other, that's when we'll start to get some, some actual fisticuffs. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, like, yeah, he was, he, he was pushed. Um, I think he set himself up to be in that, but I mean, I'm a defenseman. I'm going to take the defenseman side. I, I shove people in the crease all the fucking time. Like you get around the crease, you're going in it. Like, come on, bud. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it set the tone for the entire game. You know, that was very early in the game. Again, uh, some of this is fuzzy because I was on the treadmill the entire time and trying not to die. Not a big um, deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Uh, the whole game, not a big deal. Uh, and, you know, but it set the tone for the whole game, right? So now your coaches are, you know, the, the coaches have to step in and um, and give them some sort of, you know, like talking to like, hey, guys, come on now. Um, but like, it makes you also think like, hey, these are the best lacrosse players in the world. They spend a lot of time around each other near each other like they can see each other they, they go and hang out and have like fucking beers afterwards and shit like it makes you think of like if we're gonna if we're gonna see some like fucking brawl in a chicago bar after one of these games because the boys are we're, we're, we're bringing the heat outside of the game you know off the field yeah so um yeah, but it's a little, little bottle smash to the back of the head yeah something like that you know but like uh i we're, we're also Man, that, I, I didn't even think about that. Like, what, what if, what if the, what if the hatred on the field goes, you know, goes past that? You know, well, that's why the they field, probably, man. they probably need to start fight. Like, it probably has to start happening yeah. soon, where they need to yeah. start fighting on the field so they can get that out of their system, so that it doesn't boil over to the bar after the game. Um, so, like, because that's the thing. Like, once all these guys fight, like, they're gonna be like, yeah, like, like good tilt, bud. Like. You know, that was, you know, way, way to go, you know, and, and then it's just water under the bridge, but you let that shit keep building up. And then like, like you said, you know, you're, you're at a bar in Chicago getting some booze involved. Then all of a sudden, like you start to get even more pissed off, like the whole time in the back of your head, like that motherfucker, like touching my goalie, you son of a fucking, and then like, you're, you're a little drunk. So you're a little bit more ready to go. All of a sudden fisticuffs come flying around. So yeah, I think for the betterment of everybody, we, we really need to see a fight soon. I think it's, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like if you don't want it happening outside, uh, you need to, it needs to happen in the game and you just, you leave it there. So, uh, Paul, I know you're listening. Um, who else? Man who mandate are, it. Yeah. I mean, Paul, we know you're listening. Just let, you know, send out a memo, you know, maybe, maybe a notes app memo on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that would, that's, that's exactly what, that, you know, nobody has capacity to read emails anymore just post a notes app apology or something on Twitter. Like, Hey guys, sorry, we didn't, you know, do this earlier, but here we are. Yeah. Um, dude, Gmail, the, the, uh, the whole, like Gmail has been, been really killing it lately because they have that thing going now where you, they like answer the email for you. Um, which yeah. is really sweet. Like I can basically just like check out an email for like two seconds and then be like, just click a button. And then all of a sudden it's, I just responded. Um, didn't even have to read the whole thing. Um, but what was exceptionally cool about that scrap, though, is the fact that the end of the game goes to overtime, and who's there to stick the OT dagger? Ryan Drenner. So he he was in in the muck. He was in the mud, and uh, things got chippy. and And he said it in his post game interview afterwards. He was like, "Yeah, like it it felt pretty good." to stick that dagger in them, especially after they tried to fight me after they pushed me into their own goalie. True. True. Yeah. Um, and then after that, so, I mean, the Archers Redwoods game, it, w 
it was a good game, but like there wasn't anything in there that like necessarily stood out to me. I like, uh, you know, obviously our, our, our guys, Will Mania and Joey Sankey, uh, recurring guests on the pods, front of the program. They, they both snapped off a little bit. Um, Sergio Perkovic stepped in for, for a nice little two bomb there, but there wasn't really anything in that game that re- was there anything to you that was like, like we like have to talk about. No, I think it was a, and of course, uh, it's not a run of run of the mill game, but I think there were there were some run of the mill things going on. Um, and, my, and what I mean what I mean by run of the mill is like nothing out of the ordinary, right? There wasn't like a, a scrap. There wasn't a fisticuffs. There wasn't. Uh, I mean, Sergio Perkovic doing Sergio Perkovic things. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty much to be expected. Um, the Redwoods is a scrappy team. Like, you know, they get they get shit done. Um, it's not pretty. Uh, but they get shit done. Um, Archers, uh, you know, they move the ball really well. But yeah, I mean, nothing really to report. The Archers hung on to beat the Redwoods. I think the Archers are kind of, they it, after this, I think they're kind of emerging as one of the top teams. Um, I would say, you know, the way that they're organized and everything, like I, I, I totally am, am behind that. Um, still a big Redwoods guy though. So yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a, a good game, but like you said, nothing like extremely out of the ordinary. Now, if we want to talk about out of the ordinary, let's go back to Sunday's game on NBC broadcast television for like the first time ever in a, at least for a regular season professional lacrosse game. We had the chaos taken on the Atlas for the entire world to see. And holy shit, the chaos fucking snapped. That offense might be the most fun team to watch. It, it, it's like Penn, like Penn State's offense this past year, incredible to watch. Um, just because there, there's no like, I you know, I put them like on par with each other. But like this might even be better what this chaos offense is able to do because they don't give a single fuck they are going to do whatever they want whenever they want whether it's you know like people were like basically coming their pants over that miles thompson behind the back goal don't get me wrong like it was like it was a a cheeky goal um he sold it really well where it looked like he was trying to get top side to his right hand and then just posted up and just went btb um right past cannon but like like that's a goal that he scores routinely in the box game on a four by four net so like when, when he's shooting that shot behind the back on a six by six and field across, it's like, dude, that like, that's, that's nothing to him. So like, that was nasty. And then obviously we had Connor fields, um, you know, and we'll talk to him right after this uh, about some of these goals, but the clinic that he put on in that game was, it was absurd. It was, you know, that it's, that's, that's a Sunday afternoon in the middle or well, in the beginning of the summer, I guess, where, the entire timeline was, was talking about lacrosse for sure, dude. Um, yeah, that game was wild. You know, it jumped out to an eight, one start. I mean, Jake Vaccaro pulled up for that two pointer. Then, you know, Matt Reese, uh, pulled up for his two pointer. I mean, I, you were absolutely right. I hate, you know, it, it, as much as it pains me to say, I thought we were going to have a low, a low two ball game. Um, they had what, there was four in that game alone three in that game alone i i don't know but you said over seven i think you i think you picked the seven over yeah i feel like it didn't quite get there for the weekend i think it was close i think it was at least six 
Yeah. Uh, may, maybe not seven, but the fact that these big boys are letting it fly, like that's just absolutely insane. And they, you know, they're, they're hit. The chaos was hitting the trailer on pretty much every transition opportunity that they have. And the Atlas just couldn't keep up. Um, you know, that was, uh, let's see, we had a clinic from miles. We had a clinic from Connor. Um, I mean, or miles Thompson, uh, I mean, miles Jones played great, great as well, but like, you know, um, you had a clinic from Matt Reese on the, on how to shoot from, you know, 15 yards out begs the question, do we add a three point line Dude, Add it at 18, put it at 18. So yeah. Well, because like, like ran again, um, that first game on Saturday for Chrome, like he stepped into one that I feel like was 20 and easily and, 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 and stuck that one. Um, that was probably the, the deepest two bomb of the season so far. So I, I mean, at the very least, like, I think that there are certain spots on the field that should be, cause like, you know how, uh, who does it is like the, the Harlem Globetrotters to, don't they have like a, like a four point, uh, like, like just like a little circle that you have to be yeah. in. So like, I think that there should be like designated spots on the field where if you, if, if, if you just stick one from there should be a three pointer. Like, I think, I, th- I think like if you hit from the, from the two bomb line, but for on goal line extended. So like no angle, yeah. no angle, but like, so 15 yards out, no angle, like right on that, that, that two point line, that should be worth three. Um, so, so the corner two should be worth three. And then, yeah. So if you're like, yeah, I, I would, I would put it probably at like 20, um, just cause 18 still like, still like kind of like if, if you're a pole stepping in from 18, like your follow through is still going to like 15. So if you're a pole shooting from, from 20, um, you know, then still a little bit further out, but yeah, I, I think that there are some goal. And I think once these guys start to get a little bit more comfortable with the dimensions of the field, that's when we'll see them start to like really step into some of these. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, the field's a little bit shorter. Transition times are not as as not uh, not as long. So you might be thinking you're hearing footsteps coming out of the box or something like that. Um, I mean, that that can kind of get us into our, our our next segment for like the you know greaser of the week. All right, before we keep going here, just have to mention that this week's greaser of the week is brought to you by Pearl Lacrosse, the only ball that is worthy of greasers that never, ever, literally ever greases. You can play with this thing in the mud. You can play with it in the rain. You can play with it in the middle of a hurricane. It will never grease on you. It is American-made. It is American-trusted, and you can always find it in the back of the net. That is Pearl Lacrosse. Uh, You know, the guy is just out there absolutely getting it done in the greasiest way possible and my choice you already spoiled it for for everybody at home but was john ran again okay you know okay let's 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 back up you know a guy out there on the field he's super silky like everything he does is very like cold and calculated and smooth john ranigan is not one of those guys everything that john ranigan does looks like he just picked up a stick but for some reason he absolutely kills. He's one of the most athletic guys on the field. He's a monster. And when he pulled up and drilled that two-pointer from what had to be 20 yards, I was like, that's my guy. Like, that's my guy. Nobody's nobody's doing that, especially with a short stick. And he absolutely just did it. So Dude, props and, to Ranigan. And and he had the heat on that ball that it like it could have been from the from the midfield line. Like it could have been like 25 yards out and that still had enough cooking on it that that was just going to crush the back of the net. 
Yeah. So like, here's, so, you know, what, what are you thinking? You know, if, if you're a goalie, like after that happens, you're like, wow, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like that was so like, how did I let that go in? And Rannigan just snuck it on the, past his shoulder. So yeah. I, I think you're also thinking like, thank God that he, he put it up high <laughs> or cause like if, if he was coming down low with that, like imagine catching one of those in the shin, fuck that. Oh. Fuck that. It's true. Especially when he had, you know, he got a crow hop on it too. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Well, you know, my greaser of the week, we're going to stay with the two bomb. Uh, This one goes to Connor Bukes. Whoa. It's a tough one to say. Connor Bukesick. Um, So I I don't even know if I'm still saying that right, but buddy, like tell, tell wherever, wherever down the the ancestry line that like came up with that one, uh, a C and a Z should, should not be that close together. Um, but you, you check, I guess. Uh, so Sunday afternoon, we see this guy, uh, I kind of forget how it happened, but he pops his shoulder out of its socket. Now, you know, there, there are some people out there on the Twitter sphere that are fun suckers. And they say, they see all these guys out there playing without shoulder pads on. And then they see a guy like Connor Buksik, uh just pop his shoulder out. And they're like, Oh, like these guys should be wearing shoulder pads. It's like, no, 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 not that's the two things are not related. One lacrosse shoulder pads, aren't going to stop something like that from happening. And then two, like you're, you're going to pop your shoulder out sometimes when you play lacrosse, like that's just like a fact of life. It's like death, taxes and like your shoulder is going to come out at some point um it seems like it's like a uh more of a a, a recurring injury for him it, it seems like that's something that kind of happens a little bit more on the regular um you know which kind of makes sense because like we saw him running off the field with this uh his arm like dang down at his side and like he wasn't like freaking out or anything he's like ah shit like this happens again uh runs off to the sideline gets it popped right back into place and then like Less than 10 minutes later, like it might have been like five minutes later after having his shoulder out of his socket, steps out of the box, grabs the ball, crow hops into a two bomb, sticks it, boom. Right after having his shoulder popped right back into the place. And like, think about the how much like torque you're putting on your shoulder as you're as you're shooting it. Now, I think it might have been, I kind of forget like what shoulder it was, but it's his right, way, it's his right shoulder. His right I watched shoulder, it, yeah. And then what? So he stepped in with a with a right-handed shot. Yeah, yeah. It was a right-handed shot too, in like a three-quarters release. Yeah. So I mean, like you're you're still getting some. Oh yeah, like you're you're going a lot. I'm trying to do it like right now, and like as a as a lefty, it's a little bit difficult for me right now to figure out how to shoot with my right hand. Um, <laughs> but like you're putting so much pressure on that shoulder to stick one from two, and he's just like. Listen, the the dogs need me right now, and you know my my arm might be hanging on by a sliver. Who gives a fuck? I'm gonna stick this two bomb, try to get my boys back in this thing. Unfortunately, it it wasn't enough for the Atlas to dig themselves out of the hole, but it was definitely worthy of a greaser of the week nomination. Um, just gonna need to figure out how to like, I, I know how to spell it, but getting that that word out of my mouth, it's that's difficult. I think you'll get there eventually. Maybe do some warm up exercises next time or something. You know, read the dictionary, whatever you need to do yeah. to prepare. Sea- you know, seashells at the seashore, something uh, like that. All right. Well, those are our greasers of the week. Let's uh, let's move it on to our next segment. Man up, man down of the week. Uh, you know what, Jake? You you might as well just uh, take take this one away because it seems to be the the flavor of the episode. 
I mean, my man up is going to be the two ball dunks. Uh, you know, the big, it, it's, it's big boy season and these guys are letting it fly. Absolutely. Um, it was crazy. I was skeptical. Okay. You know, and perhaps it, I, I'm jaded from the years of, of, of watching MLL and, you know, it's, it's slightly a yard back and, you know, that's a yard, a yard makes a huge difference for a goalie sometimes. And, but they, the boys were letting it fly. Uh, sticks were being broken on releases. Uh, it absolutely just um, letting them fly. I was skeptical of how many uh, two balls we would see uh, in the last episode, you know, just being a, a natural cynic, a naturally gifted cynic. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I can admit, I'm man enough to admit where I was wrong. And the two ball is definitely on the rise. And we're going to see more of it um, for sure. Yeah, so dude, how about John Saxon just slashing, <laughs> slashing a pole straight in half with his follow through, uh, not looking good for whoever was on the receiving end of that, uh, that whatever company was on the receiving end of that, but it is John Sexton. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God, dude. Imagine if that's your arm, if that's happening to a shaft, <laughs> what's going to happen to your arm? Fuck. Oh, catch one of those on the collarbone or something. Yeah. No, thanks. You can miss me with that. Um, well, my man up of the week, I'm going with the soccer walkouts uh, for, for one reason here, because so a lot of time lacrosse players, like we're so used to seeing these guys in their helmets and they're, I mean, like there are just so many guys that in this league that like you've never seen them with their helmets off before. Uh, so the, the soccer walkout with this, allow some of these guys to do is to just show off like dude some of these guys are fucking hot like they're just some some handsome handsome man rockets in the in the pll some guys that really stood out to me um so you know in case you didn't know i was a, a credentialed member of the media at red bull arena this past weekend so was right there as these guys were walking out some of these guys just took my breath away uh joe walters all-time man rocket uh, Sergio Perkovic, just handsome as could be. So, you know, the, the fact that some of these guys get to show off those, those nice, you know, that chiseled jawline and, and just great hair walking out without their buckets on, especially if they're going to be on NBC sports or just regular NBC. I think that that's huge for their personal brands. Um, so yeah, you know, just the soccer walkouts are great just because I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of folks just don't know like how hot some of these guys are. Yeah, so I, I was watching, you know, they do kind of like the, the um, you know, when the guys are warming up or whatever, they'll show like the, pro, you know, on the right left side of the screen, they'll show like, you know, them standing there with their arms crossed or whatever and their, their bio. So I'm watching it and Sergio Perkovic comes up and I'm obviously like, that's my man right there. And uh, my girlfriend goes, holy shit, who was that? And I was like, that's Sergio Perkovic. She's like, maybe I should watch these games. Yeah. Uh, so Sergio, if I mean... I know you're listening. You know, you, you've got to be a huge crease dive guy. Uh, my girlfriend loves you. So, um, you know, there's no more hope for me. And, you know, I'll probably move out next week if you want to move in. So just yeah. hit, hit me up. Hey, well, that right there, that's that's how we grow the game. That's right. We're just we're getting we're getting new fans out there just because of just having a bunch of man rockets in the league. <laughs> um, well, so let Let's go. So the polar opposite. So we got, you know, beautiful people playing, but my man down of the week, I got to go with one of the worst cities or towns or whatever you would consider Newark, New Jersey. Um, so like I mentioned, I was there Red Bull Arena for the, the first two games of the weekend on Saturday. 
And I, I didn't stick around on Sunday because I just had to get the fuck out of Newark. So, I mean, this place, Jesus Christ, it is, you know, and, and I'm probably going to catch like a little bit of flack here being a Philly guy. And like, that's always like the knock on Philly. It's like, oh, you fucking Philly trash, Philly scumbags, like all this. It's like, dude, Newark is like a third world country. Um, and, and like where Red Bull Arena is, basically where everything is in that city um, is just a fucking dump. So like, I don't, I don't know, man, Newark, New Jersey, you guys, you guys need some help because it's like, I, th I think I might've even said this before. It's like, you got all the bad traits of New York. Like the fact that there are just so many people, um, and, and there's like trash everywhere and, and, and this and that, but then they don't have any of the positives of New York city. So it's just like, it's, it's like, that's the armpit of America. You know, it's almost like if New York and the surrounding areas like for the you know let's say the five boroughs you know they take their trash and they just kind of dump it into newark i think, I think that's that, probably I what's happened what it is that's got to be what it is i mean i mean like, it's a I, greasy I mean, dirty little place like like inside red bull arena it was it was nice i felt you know i felt cozy felt comfortable and then the second that i left the arena after that second game on saturday i was like get me the fuck out of here uh, so yeah, that's, that's my man down of the week. Um, so my man down of the week is, you know, it, it's, it's aesthetic. Um, you know, I, I, I really respect what the league has done with, with equipment and colors. I know they spent a lot of time for, you know, working on the color schemes, you know, but the sock choices are gonna, I'm going to lose it. I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely going to lose it. So, um, you know, even my favorite team has become a culprit. Obviously the Chrome, I've just been ruining it with the pink socks, just absolutely ruining it. Um, the, the archers, one of their main colors is white. So they've been, you know, they've been fine. Uh, the, our, our team, the Redwoods is ruining it. Now, the one player who is not is Joey Sankey because he is wearing one white pair over one green pair. So do you just have that, you know, kind of like green at the top that says, Hey, I'm still repping the Redwoods colors, but I understand where the swag is coming from. So I got my white sock on, you know, I think Kyle Harrison was wearing a pair of new balance, uh, probably. No, probably Adidas cleats yeah, wear, with yeah. with Adidas cleats with the dark red redwoods in the first, the, you know, in this, I think it was the first week. Gross, ugly, just disgusting. Um, so that's my man down is the sock choices. Like it, it's almost like it doesn't it like, does, does the swag not matter to you people? It's you like, know, guy, like, like you've like, got your, you've got your greens. That's fine. Like you wear your redwoods greens with the sick buckets. That's fine. But like from knees down, just make it all white or all green. I don't get it. it I feel like it's it's been a staple for lacrosse for so long that like I and I get the PLL. They're doing a lot of things to disrupt, um, you know, and, and they're trying to do a lot of things different. But it's like, hey, like this was one of the things that that wasn't broken. We don't need to fix white socks. Like that was that was pretty chill the way that it was. A lot of the other things probably needs a little bit of, of change. The white socks were were pretty chill the way that they were so you know it, it, it's I, I don't know if they're trying to do something different um i can tell you that i don't like it if they are like please it's not going to become a trend like i i, I it's not please don't let it yeah it's it's tough it's tough it's, it's it's a it's a rough look um definitely deserving of man down of the week uh so real quick before we uh, before we get to our interview with Connor Fields, let's just do one last segment here. Let's take another trip to the Gear Vault. 
Uh, I'm telling you, this segment's more for me just because love love talking about this shit. Um, so I'll probably just get this one started real quick. So let's talk about the the Harrow shafts. So again, this is uh, this was probably around 2000, 2003, 2004 that that the Harrow shafts came out. Um, so if you remember, they were it was a composite shaft, and then it had like like the shaft uh, kind of indented and got a little skinnier at one part, and then yep. went back to like a regular shaft. So it was it was almost like a uh, like an hourglass type of, of thing, but it was like, it, it was just like regular shaft for like 75% of the stick, then a little bit of an indent for your hand to go. And then a regular shaft toward the end. And you know, what, what you could do with that is like guys would, would either have it one of two ways. So you could either have the indent for your hand grip, like towards the top of the stick, like right by the, right by the head. And I guess that that would be for like, for like your top hand cradling or whatever, or you could flip it around and have the indent toward the bottom of the shaft, which I guess would give you like a better grip for like where, like where you would place your hand for when you're shooting. It was so fucking dumb and it definitely didn't do anything, but God damn, was it innovative? Uh, dude, I totally remember that. Um, and, and when those carbon shafts, you know, those early, early carbon shafts broke, they would absolutely splinter into like a million pieces. And uh, you could like, you know, stab someone and kill them if you wanted because it was just like a splintered shaft. No, I totally remember that. Um, they does Harrow still make shafts? I knew they make did okay. Do they make hockey sticks? Because a lot of these companies got into got, they, did both. They definitely went to hockey. Then I think they even went to like field hockey. I don't know what Harrow's doing these days. They're probably doing something. Um, but yeah, they were one of those companies that they they like tested out lacrosse and then they went to hockey. Um yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd have to, you know, how, how about you, uh, you, you kick it over to your, your gear vault choice and I'm going to look up Harrow's website to see if they're even still in business. Maybe, right, we're, maybe we're, we could even buy them at this yeah, point. Oh, uh, that's true. We could find probably find them on eBay, but go ahead and do that and report back. Um, mine from the gear vault. It's not too long ago, 10 years, I'd say, uh, 10, 11 years. Um, the cascade CPX. You know, that was my favorite helmet. That shit was, uh, you know, I, I am, I have a huge head and I have a tough time um, with certain helmets. Uh, the new Cascade S has been wonderful. Uh, the Pro 7 um, was so close to my face. If I ever got hit in the face, it would just absolutely butcher the moneymaker. So I couldn't do that. But the CPX was great. Um, you know, I'm sure so many concussions were handed out in that thing. Uh, you know, the face mask used to bend all the time when, you know, you'd, you'd hit somebody in the head or somebody would hit you in the head. Uh, but just an overall comfortable helmet. You could get some insane tilt going. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, I was watching some old highlights the other day, like, you know, watching like Billy Bitter and, you know, the North Carolina heels just absolutely going off wearing, you know, those, those old pro sevens and, uh, you know, older buckets and shit like that. Which I have to say, the Billy Bitter era of North Carolina lacrosse, the jerseys were way sicker. Like they, yeah. they, they were way sicker the one, than the, you know, the the Nike stuff that they're doing now. But you know, I totally just, agree. Just with that take. just that's, a just a side note there. That, I mean that that's a that's a strong take. That's a that that's a that's a fact right there. Um, yeah, the the CPX. So like the the face mask. Like this was like the first time because like I I remember the C Pro and everything was like pretty. Uh, I, I, I guess like 
like uh, it was like a lot of like straightness to it. Like the the face mask was pretty much straight. Um, the chin piece came down. That was like, like like there was there was nothing really going to it. Like the CPX was like the first helmet that came out. That was like, yo, that's 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 nice right there. Like what you guys are doing right now. Like that's nice. Now, do you remember that? So there was a uh, so there was like the regular CPX that had like kind of like a wavier um, yeah face mask. But then you could get like the CPX, uh, like titanium face mask, and you would just have this heavy fucking titanium face mask just weighing down your head. So like the whole time you're dodging, like your your eyes are staring straight at your feet, like not because like you you need to look down when you run because you're like a fucking child, but because like the face mask is so heavy that it's just dragging you down. So like you you just have like a humpback the whole time. Um, they need to bring bring that back because I love that. Oh, definitely. Anything that like, you know, could physically maim somebody else in the game. I think they need to bring that back. Dude, lacrosse got so into titanium for a while there. Yeah. And then everybody was like, why are we doing this? They're like, yo, this is heavy as shit. Yeah. Let's put titanium rods in our heads. Yeah. That won't, that won't, they won't bend or anything. That's great. Dude. Like, like you would basically be like the titanium shafts. You'd be running around out there with like a, a barbell. Yeah, I had one. I had a, a Titan Pro. You know, it was like three hundred dollars. I remember. Like, tell me, it, tell me, it was a Titan Pro long pole. Oh, it was a Titan Pro long pole for yeah. sure. And then, and then I had a like a like a uh, like a Revo Pro head on it, which was already you know the thigh, the sidewall is like two inches thick, so the shit was just heavy as fuck. But the fact the, the the problem was you couldn't get a head that was heavy enough to really counterbalance the Titan Pro. So like. I mean, I don't really know how I played with it, to be honest, because I remember like going to my next stick and being like, whoa, the Cryptolite, like this is fucking insane. I'll never play with anything as heavy as that again. So, um, but yeah, it was a Titan Pro long pole. And um, since I'm, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I picked up the stick in the wrong hand. So I play lefty, but I'm a natural righty. Um, So like there was a slight warp in the, in the Titan Pro from how hard I would just wail on kids because uh, I was left-handed. So we would go out and to the, out and up to the left. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like the whole thing about titanium is that like it's not supposed to warp or bend or anything like that. Yeah, so I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure that you were, you know, landing just all, all checks right on right on stick, you know, not, that's right. not, not hacking away or anything like that. So clean. Absolutely. This is the cleanest player with the Titan, the Titan Pro. Uh, hey, by the way, so I am on Harrow's website right now. So they still have lacrosse uh, equipment. So there's uh, was it like twenty bucks. No, I mean it, it looks like regular price. There's there's a girl stick here. They only have one left. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? I think they got really heavy into girl stuff. Yeah, and then yeah, a lot of girl stuff here. And then so they also do uh, so they do field hockey. Like like I thought that I saw, they do squash. Um, so they, they've got some, some squash rackets and, and such. And then they also do, uh, I, I guess this would be for racquetball. So glad to see that Harrow is, is still, oh, and they're also still doing, uh, some, some sublimated uniforms. They actually did have some good uniforms. Like if you were yeah. doing like, a, like a, like a club team and in the summer and one of things sublimated nice and light. Um, but yeah, so good for you guys. They, they got, uh. Hey man, we had uh we had Harrow bags and those uh, I think I still have it in my my parents' basement. Um, but yeah, we had Harrow bags. I'm surprised they're still a private company. I'm surprised they haven't been bought yet. Yeah, well, by like hey, a warrior. 
Well, uh, hey, listen, uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up here. Uh, so Harrow on their website, you can get the uh, Supreme 25 field hockey stick. It's on sale right now. It's typically uh, $79. You can get it for $55.30. So if you want to pick up your dad a nice little Harrow uh, field hockey stick for Father's Day, you you know where to get it. It's, it's on sale right now, and you cannot beat that deal. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, well, so I, I don't know if Connor Fields is using a Harrow shaft, but whatever he is using this summer, it is working out for him because he put on a clinic last Saturday afternoon against the Atlas. So we might as well kick it right over to our interview with Connor Fields. All right. And joining us right now from Chaos LC, we've got uh, the man. He put on a nice little clinic. On Sunday afternoon on NBC, we've got Connor Fields on the line. So, Connor, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. And my first question right off the bat is, uh, has your phone stopped blowing up yet? <laughs> well, yeah. First off, thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a uh, it's been a busy week. Um, definitely, a lot of people were were texting me and uh, kind of sending me the the video. And um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. Uh, it was a fun, good weekend for us. Good win. So. Can't wait for next week. Yeah, the like, I mean, obviously. So the two that you had, or did, did you have more than two? Um, uh just two, just two. Yeah, well, so the two that you had were were nasty. So you know, the the <laughs> back the backhand coming up the right alley, and then obviously the fake BTB that you know that's the one that ends up on Sports Center. Um, but like aside for like the chaos offense in in general, and you know we we talked about this on the full episode already so far. Um, you boys are just putting in work right now. The, these last couple of weeks, you guys are, uh, you know, I think everyone kind of knew that all these teams were going to be exciting to watch, but you boys are just, it's, it's just, it looks like just freestyle lacrosse out there, which is, which is my kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of what we're doing. Um, uh, we have, we have a great coaching staff too. So going along with our, with our, uh, our weapons on offense and defense, we do have a great coaching staff who, who puts in a set, but kind of lets us, you know, you know, playing it, and that's what we're kind of used to at at, at Albany. Um, so we got a couple of Albany guys on the team. That's what kind of, we're kind of used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got some got some talented players, uh, guys who could really uh, sling the ball and, and do some creative things. Miles Thompson had that nice behind the back, just picking a corner. Uh, I don't know. It's I mean, it's fun to be a part of, and it's uh, fun to play with guys like this who uh, who are so talented. Make make uh, it a lot easier for everyone else in the field. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously like we, we expect to see that kind of play out of the Albany boys. I think, uh, you know, coach Mar has you guys just, uh, you know, doing whatever you want, whenever you want out there. And it seems to work a lot of, a lot of the times. Um, and then like you combine that kind of offense to go along with like a guy, like, you know, like a Deemer class who might be like more of like a traditional style player, but like he still has like his own little like flair to him. Same thing with like miles Jones. Um, so like, how's it been, like bringing in some guys that, that you haven't been able to, you know, have, have a chance to play with yet. Um, just kind of incorporating them into the the circus type of offense that you would typically see out of an Albany team. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, really cool um, to play with guys like that who, um, who are obviously great players. And, and I think we, we have a lot of those guys, uh, like you said, Deemer, Miles Jones, uh, Jake Ficaro, all guys who, um, who are really step, who really, you know, take up a lot of attention out there and who are very crafty players. And also they have, they have range too, right? So that spreads the defense out a lot and, and gives, gives everyone um, down low 
or on the crease gives everyone more space to do do what they uh what they want to do so i mean it's really cool just to play with guys like that and um yeah they they make plays out there so it's uh it's fun to be a part of yeah uh, definitely making plays. And so again, I feel like everyone who's listening to this interview right now has probably seen the goal. So, you know, that, that <laughs> fake BTB, you, you did Callen Robinson a little dirty out there. Um, got, got him to bite, got everyone to bite. So, um, you know, we'll talk about that in a second, but like, obviously like right now, that's probably like the goal of the season so far. We're only two weeks in, but like, like that's the one it, it ends up on sports center, even though they can't figure out how to pronounce the word chaos. Um, <laughs> So, story. <laughs> yeah, but but what I want to know is so like obviously, you know, the boys, you, you probably got a chaos group text going on right now. Everyone's probably a, like excited for you that you got that goal. But I feel like there are probably some people that want to one up you coming up in, in a few weeks soon here. I think one guy who could definitely do that. He's in cage. Big Daddy Blaze. Uh, so, you know, now that you're getting all that love on SportsCenter, has has Blaze been kind of itching to get out of the cage a little bit? Take one down like he did against Cornell. Oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it with him. He's uh, I, he's a great goalie, but everyone knows how Blaze is. So, um, yeah, at Albany, I remember that that goal too. I always chirp him for it too because he uh, he looked me off on the play. I was open on the crease, so I was uh, and he, and he gave me a little fake. So every time I see him now, uh, I always bring it up. He's he says shoot or shoot though. I said it's not a goalie's mentality, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we might you might have to you might see something special out of Blaze one of those plays. Um, we also, yeah, Miles Thompson and, and a bunch of great players too, who who might find themselves on some uh, some great plays too. I could I could see them definitely contributing um, for some key goals and and some flashy goals too. So um, they're a lot of fun to play with, and and they're a lot of fun to watch when I was uh, growing up watching them. So yeah, um, so you know, you, we we got to a chance to hear you like right after the goal. Uh, since you, you were mic'd up. So you, they kind of asked you right about uh, right after that goal was scored. So you said like, yeah, I had just gone behind the back, the shot before that. So like I knew that people like might bite a little bit. Also like Miles just went behind the back too. So it was going to be a BTB party. Um, so that kind of <laughs> makes sense why, you know, maybe some people would jump. But like did, did people not watch when you did, who'd you do it to during training camp? Was that Goran Murray? Goran Murray, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's just got to be, I, I'd be I'd be fucking pissed if I had to play against you guys like defensively just because again like like you would expect that like at this point it's like hey if Connor Fields is going behind the back it's probably going to be a fake but then all of a sudden you shoot behind the back then Miles sticks one behind the back so it's like damned if you do damned if you don't type of mentality so is that like was that were you actually thinking about hey like I I, I went behind the back uh, you know that last play before or was that just spur of the moment let's just see what happens here. Uh, it was actually, I was thinking about it. Cause on the play, I, like you said, the play before I, I ended up hit, hitting a post on behind the back shot. Um, and earlier that game, I threw a couple behind the back passes and stuff like that. And actually I, w- I went off to, uh, kind of just went near the bench and, uh, one of my, one of my Albany teammates too, Troy Ray, he ca- came over me. He's like, you know what you just did, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you set yourself up for that fake. I was like, yeah, we'll try it out in this next play. So, um, yeah, I got, got the ball and, and, I mean, yeah, I got, got lucky to have him bite on it, but um, yeah, I guess, I guess it is. A lot of people are saying, how do you, uh, how people fall for the fake all the time? Uh, but I think it's just the spur of the moment play and um, kind of just setting it up with a couple behind the back shots and a couple behind the back passes to start it off. Um, keeps the defense honest, and then in, in the moment, um, 
if I, yeah. if I throw that pass, they have to, you know, they have to recover on the play or, or uh, try. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of spur of the moment and, and I got lucky on that play. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you sell it pretty well too. Like, like you, you come up out of the fake looking like pretty like confused, like where the ball, like, so you, you do a good job selling it. So that's, yeah, I, I that credit credit to you on that one. I'm a salesman. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You gotta you gotta make sure that you keep that side job for as long as you can. I know that you know the PLL. They're they're trying to make sure that guys can be just full time lacrosse players. But if you're in the sales business as an attackman, I feel like you kind of have to keep that for as long as you can, just to keep those those skills sharpened. Yeah, I mean exactly. And I think uh, I learned that the kind of the, the hesitation. Uh, on the uh, Native American reservation, I was playing for Tuscarora. They kind of showed me that fake when I was young, and and I just tried to keep working on it, and I'm I'm still trying to f- perfect it. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping it keeps working for me. Yeah, well, hey, that's uh, that's two times so far. You know, one one of them counted in a game on NBC, not a big deal. Um, other one in training camp, which again just kind of blew up on the internet a little bit. So it's it's I, I feel like you got it down um we'll see <laughs> yeah if, if it happens again though i feel like you got it like whatever poll falls for it again at that point it's got to be like hey yank that guy out because there's we you can't you can't fall for it a third time <laughs> um hey so obviously the sticks looking real good i don't think that anyone was expecting it to not um but the one thing that that people were probably a little bit interested in heading into the season were, were the wheels so uh you know obviously the you've you've had a little bit of history with with the bum knee oh yeah it's uh, yeah, been a long road <laughs> yeah so um now you it, it ended up clearing up you were able to play a few games with the seals in the in the box game toward the end of the season there weren't you Did- yeah yeah i played a couple of games in there uh it was, it was it was tough not not for my knee physically wise but it was tough to kind of jump in you know uh, middle towards the end of the season when when the guys already have all the, the you know building the chemistry throughout the year and then kind of jump in and uh yeah so um i was excited though to get to play and and yeah that definitely those reps that i got in there helped out uh just confidence wise with my knee yeah so uh for people who who don't know um you know maybe tell I, I feel like it was covered pretty like extensively heading into the final four last year um you know once the kind of that medical report came out that you are a goddamn animal and decided to, <laughs> that you ended up playing like two full years of college across like D one college across on a, on a torn ACL. Um, so it was, that, yeah, it, it was, it was torn, right? Yeah. So, um, my summer before my junior year of lacrosse was playing indoor, uh, kind of, kind of landed on my knee, uh, pretty weird, uh, my leg and, and it blew up pretty pretty big, so um, yeah, I got I got my knee drained. Ton of fluid came out. Um, can't remember the exact amount, but it was all blood. Uh, so uh, it wasn't looking good. Um, but I didn't end up getting an MRI that time because they, they kind of tested me out and thought I felt pretty, felt all right. Um, yeah, and then and then senior year I kind of had a little. Um, obviously, another time it, my knee gave out though, and. And they think that's when I finished off the deal because I mean it didn't swell up that much, but uh, so they thought that it was there was a prior tear in it, but just they think I I finished it uh, my senior year. Yeah, that uh, you know definitely pe- people could like sense that something was going on, but like like people were like oh like it might be like you know he might have like tweaked his knee a little bit, and then the report comes out that you've been playing 
with the torn ACL, and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, how like how's that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely weird to hold it from everyone. Uh, only me, my parents, uh, the medical or my family, the medical staff, and the coaching staff knew. So my teammates didn't even know. I mean, I remember going to practice and uh. I'd have to do so much treatment before practice and I had to go out there late and they're all like, Oh, here's the fields treatment showing up, showing up late to practice every day. And I'm just like, I wish you guys knew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, uh, it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's a shame right now. So, you know, I've uh, co-host Jake, he, he couldn't uh, make it to this interview, but I, I feel like between the three of us, this would most likely be a world record for, uh, you know, most amounts of uh, ACL tear survivors on the same podcast. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, so, so I'm pretty sure he's done it three times. Um, I saw, I ran into you at the NLL draft back oh, yeah. in September. So, you know, I was, I was just a couple weeks off of my second ACL at that point. I think you might've been a couple weeks ahead of me. So yeah, when, I think when I did couple, you get, I had, I had mine on August 1st. So, okay. So yeah. mine was August 31st and I'm pretty sure Jake's was like, just like a couple days after mine. So, I mean, we're all going through the rehab process. So we're all. 10 11 months post-op um so i mean you're scoring nasty nasty goals in the pll uh jake he does some like triathlons right now and i think that i'm one of the best uh you know goalie warm-up assistant coaches on on the, at least the east coast um, i would say so i i mean i i don't know any any other goalie warmer uppers who, who do it like you do you know yeah i mean like I, I, I sometimes I don't want to I don't want to shit on too many guys, but like even when I was at, uh, you know, Red Bull Arena last weekend and, and just seeing some of the coaches out there, it doesn't look like some of the coaches are giving it everything that they have when it comes to goalie warm ups. Um, so, you know, it's something that I take a lot of pride in. Um, luckily for me, though, this this ACL was my my left and I'm a, a, a lefty shooter. So my right is my plant foot. So that's you know, that's, that's my good excuse there to never have to shoot righty again. Cause I can't plant with my left anymore. Yeah, which, that's a great idea. Yeah. I like that. I should what, use that one. <laughs> is, is yours your left or your right? I'm trying to think mine, about where you have right. your, uh, right, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, I mean, that makes sense though. Then why you would come up that righty alley and then that lefty backhand, you kind of lean on your left on your, on your good wheel there. So exactly. I mean, I mean, we'll, we might have to get, give you a test run as a uh, goalie warmer up or maybe maybe shoot on blades a little bit, but I wouldn't want you to ruin the guy's confidence, you know? Yeah. I'll give him a couple gumballs up top just for him. But, uh, you know, once I start going off stick hip, nah, see, you, see you later, blaze. No chance. Yeah. Later, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of like, so speaking of rehabbing and getting yourself ready for the season. So obviously you had to rehab the knee. Something that I'm curious about is just how you rehab week after week because you're taking a goddamn beating out there. Um, I feel like I feel like out of everybody, like I've seen you just getting hacked the most. And like maybe it's just like your style of play. I feel like a lot of attackmen, um, you know, especially in this league where they're just it's it's like one move go and then they're like around the defender you almost just like lure them in get them ready to just hack the shit out of you and then you find the guy in, in on the crease so um you know you've probably be, been dealing with this your entire career just getting hacked on just being the type of player that you are but how's uh you know how's that that rehab process been week week to week you know yeah, it's, it's it's not too bad i mean uh especially i mean i, I kind of used to it headed in college too i as soon as i got more of a ball carrier i kind of figured out my my style it's definitely a little different than other people's i i, I played two more of a box style you know leaning in on my guy kind of 
embracing the contact, you know, and then making a trying to make a play out of that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm prepared for those games, but uh, it's definitely not fun uh, that night because you know all the adrenaline starts to wear off, and uh, <laughs> thought I think my arm is about to fall off. So, uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I mean, when you guys, you got guys like uh, Tucker, Tucker Durkin out there is just yeah, you know, <laughs> he he can throw, he can lay the lumber, let's say. So, uh, but um, yeah, I mean. There's, I mean, there's a lot of great defenders out there, but uh, I know that I know some D do as an intimidation thing, so I just try not to let it bother me. Yeah, it's got to be tough too, just because. So, I I can't. Have you been? I saw that you were wearing shoulder pads during training camp. Do you do you still have them going on in the regular season here? Because it's it, like that's the thing that sucks is that. It, it never looks good in field lacrosse when you're wearing a ton of pads. Like box lacrosse, you can get away with the bicep pads. You got the, the heavy elbows. You got the kidney pads going. But it's all covered in a jersey. Like you can't really – it sucks because it, it looks terrible if you're rocking a ton of gear out there. But then you have guys like Tucker Durkin who are ready to take your goddamn arm off. Um, so it's 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 got to be a oh, tough situation. It's, it is definitely tough. I mean, uh, it does look dusty, you know, so uh... – uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I do wear the shoulder pads. Um, took one, took one off the kind of a slash off the back when I was in training camp. No shoulder pads, and I'm like, yep, it's the last time I don't wear those things. So, um, but I kind of grew up around it. So um, I remember. I mean, there's some there's some bad pictures of me freshman year of high school, sophomore year of high school, where I'm wearing uh, wearing bicep pads and field lacrosse. So uh, still didn't cut those off the shoulder pads. So. I hope those don't get found ever again. But uh, yeah, if you look back, I'm uh, I've been known to have a dusty look, and uh, also with that second bar syndrome doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I'll get my res- I'll get my research team on it. We'll uh, we'll find those photos. But hey, man, listen, if if you you ended your college career what second in point, I think what Pat might have passed you this past season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but hey, if if you end your college career second all time in points behind only Lyle. I think you can wear whatever the hell you want to wear. <laughs> That's what everyone always says. I mean, I know, uh, I know Lyle, he, he doesn't wear that much and he takes the beating, but I know some guys who also, uh, you know, layer up too. So, uh, I think, I think that's just how I, I'm a, I'm a smaller guy. So I, I need the extra help. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Um, so I just mentioned Pat, so, uh, you know, it came out today that he will be going to Northwestern to play a little ball next year. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious. So, you know, he's going to go play basketball for a year and, and then, you know, he'll decide whatever he wants to do after that. If there was another sport that Connor Fields could go play, uh, you know, finish up those four years at Albany and then you had a chance to go play, you know, one more year of college sports, wh- what would you go with? I feel like I feel like you got to be a hockey guy. I'm a big hockey guy, so uh, I mean, I mean, I rip it up in the men's league. That's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, do you still play right now? Um, I I did. I used to uh, until the surgery. I haven't stopped playing. Uh, I mean, I'm not really too great at hockey, to be honest. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely. Uh, if there was one sport I'd go try to play, that would be hockey, even though I'm not the best. <laughs> do you still? Throw throw a few chirps out there from the uh, from the bench. Oh, I'm a definitely a big chirp guy. Uh, team morale. I'm you know just boosting the morale out there. Could st- I mean you might start to see me leading the uh, men's leagues in pims. I'm uh, a big big guy, you know, out there slashing some ankles, you know. But uh, 
other than that, I'm pretty pretty much useless on the ice. <laughs> yeah, but you need you need every great beer league team needs a guy like that, like a guy who's going to come in, keep the energy up, because like most of the beer league hockey games, like you're starting at like ten at night, and like a lot of these guys are like, ah, oh, fuck, like you know, I got work at like five in the morning. I, but then when you have a guy on the bench who's who's boosting that morale getting a few chirps flying around there, just getting the energy buzzing. And then, you know, anyone who's willing to take a few, few packs, few penalties, I, I think, you know, every great team needs a guy like that. So seems like you're playing your role just perfectly fine. I mean, you look at the Charlestown chiefs, I think uh, the Hansons are a great, great guys, great role models for, for all hockey players growing up, you know, just they, put, they just embrace their role. Yeah. Just know? put on the foil and get out there and get out there. <laughs> uh do you are, are you a big talker during the game and uh when you're playing lacrosse or are you like oh no it's, it's, i don't i don't really talk because uh you know those are the guys who are beating up on you i don't want to give them any more reasons to beat up on me <laughs> yeah plus plus blazer probably talks enough for everyone out there oh yeah he's probably chirping the other team's goalie <laughs> that's all he does out there yeah um well hey so obviously so you're i mean you're an upstate new york guy box across field across hockey so like you've you've got a real canadian thing going on like that that seems to be kind of your style now i know that you are are you a, a dual citizen do you got both going on um, yeah i do have a, a dual citizenship uh, my my dad's uh canadian and my mom's american so yeah so when you play in so uh, i'm trying to think i should probably should have like researched this before you came on here um but so were you with uh you know at least at the at the camp for Team Canada for the Worlds last year, but then you also do you do USA for box? Yeah, so uh, I was at the camp, um, yeah, for for Canada last year, uh, and then ended up obviously banging up the knee. So um, yeah, who knows what would have happened there? But um, yeah, so since I didn't play um, in the World Games for um, for Team Canada, then I'm allowed to play still for the US. Um, if I would have played for Canada, I would have had to sit out for, uh, I think it's three years, um, uh, for playing with the U S. So, yeah. So now I'm, uh, still up that, that was, that was going to be my question is how you were going to swing both of those things. Yeah, no, I know. I was trying to think about it. Um, but like last year too, around this time, around the time of tryouts and, uh, uh, I kind of figured, figured that out right around the time of tryouts. So, uh, and then, yeah, but I hurt the knee. So now, now I still could, uh play either yeah i i feel like you might be the key to like keeping the peace in the lacrosse world because you got a little bit of everything going on so you you've got the you've got the canadian like obviously we saw how usa and canada uh you know how those games played out last summer things you know things got nice and chippy out there the way that we wanted to see them um so you've got you know canadian American and then you know also just playing at Albany and and being from around where you're from you know you got that uh you know that that Iroquois in you as well so I I feel like you're kind of the the key to just keeping the peace and everyone kind of together instead of just an, an all-out war you know I'm, I'm the mediator I guess <laughs> yeah you've that's it, it it would be it would be interesting to see when uh it it would be very interesting to see if things really started hitting the fan where where Connerfield's alliances go. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't even want to think about that one. <laughs> but really, I mean, that's kind of what um, this whole chaos roster is, though. 
you know, you've got a little bit of everything in there as well. You know, you got a bunch of bunch of Canadians, like a couple legends like Brody Merrill, um, you know, and then you've got, you know, your, your U.S. guys, you know, guys who have played like Miles Jones. And then obviously you got, uh, you know, Miles Thompson. So I feel like I, I feel like this this chaos team is, uh, you know, we were we were talking about it before where it's like the one team where it's like like the, the rhyme or reason is like a little bit off. It's like, obviously there's like a lot of Albany going on in there, but it's like, how the hell did they come up with these guys? It's just like all a bunch of like leftovers, like in, in a, yeah. in a good sense, like oh, yeah. not, no, not, agree, not like these guys suck. They just threw them all, all the leftovers over there, but it's like, I don't know where to fit these guys. Let's just put them all together. And it's working out beautifully so far. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really unique too. Uh, we could kind of give differences two different looks while in one possession, right? We have those, like you said, the American, the American players who, uh, some you know athletic big middies who can who can uh who can dodge really well from up top um and then we kind of have the uh indoor kind of style too right where we can do picks and rolls in the same play so if a defense is is guarding against uh an alley dodge well then we get the ball swinging around and then work a two-man game on the other side and kind of you know give them a different look um give them different spacing and, and i think it's been working out for us so far we've been trying to mix it up um each each possession and uh yeah, I think uh, we're starting to figure it out. Yeah, well, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, just a couple more questions here before we let you get going because you're a busy guy. Plus, you got a little bit of traveling to go to uh, Chicago this weekend. You guys can watch Chaos taking on Redwoods LC. That would be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I guess one in whatever uh, time zone Chicago's in. That'll be on NBC Sports Gold. Uh, but a couple more questions here. So we asked Miles Jones kind of a, a similar question. So we wanted to know how he would hold up in a in an arm wrestling contest with Andy Towers. Um, so let, <laughs> so I, I, I just I, I want to know, you know, what kind of, you know, if what let's let's just see it. Yeah. Arm wrestling. If you had to arm wrestle against A.T., how how long do you last in there? Your arms have to be basically I, they've get, been getting beat to shit over these last couple of weeks. So like no feeling in there kind of might work to your advantage. You know, that's, that's the only really chance I would have is no feeling, but I think I would last two seconds and he just pinched. I mean, you look at the guy, I think he could take down a bear to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's, I would, uh, you know, their personalities, they're both like, they're both out there. Um, so AT and, and, uh, coach Mar. So, oh, yeah. so they're both, I mean, they're like, kind, they're like polar opposite just cause coach Mar seems like real laid back, big, like grateful dead guy chilled out. And then Andy towers just seems like a guy seems like a lot of like, uh, probably like Metallica ACDC, like ready to like fucking just be all jacked up. Oh, yeah. uh, but so, you know, but you, you've, ran into some, some characters, uh, you know, as, as coaches in your career so far. So, um, you know, how, how is it playing for a guy like coach towers as opposed to coach Mar? I think, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky with coaches uh, so far. Um, obviously, like you said, coach Mars a little more, uh, kind of mellow. Um, but, but also, but lets us play out there and, and just cares about everyone and his players a lot. And I think, Coach Towers just he's like you said. I think he's more intense, but I think he's the same same way. So right, he he lets us play out there, and and I mean I love playing for them both. Um, so I don't know I don't know which one I would could even you know 
could could pick. Uh, they're both great coaches, and they're both. I mean, they're both. If you go grab a beer with them, they're all. They're both great guys, you know. So, uh, I think yeah, I think I got really lucky with with these coaches, and uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I um, am with chaos and coach Coach Towers now. Yeah, uh, that would actually be so. In, instead of just the you know, instead of an arm wrestling matchup, I I would love to see whoever could gas the most amount of beers between coach towers and coach Mar. That seems like that would be a heavyweight matchup. <laughs> the, the, if that happened, the bars would have to get ready. It'd be, it'd be cleared out. <laughs> yeah. Break out the good stuff from the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, before I let you go here, uh, you know, just one, one last question. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to know, do you plan on embarrassing at least one defenseman uh, per week? throughout the rest of the summer here it's it's been great for the sport think about it like it, it some people might just have to get sacrificed but think about how much think about how much buzz it generates for the sport when we get the the chouse on sports center um so is, is is that the plan moving forward are you are you going to be public enemy are you going to be public enemy number one for polls this summer uh grow the game right no i'm kidding but uh, <laughs> i think um yeah personally I just, just try to make plays out there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about embarrassing players. I probably get embarrassed a lot, you know, getting stripped and in yard sale too. So, uh, I think it goes full circle, but, uh, uh, yeah, definitely just going to try to keep making plays out there and, and, uh, yeah, keep trying to just help, help, uh, chaos win. There you go. That's a, that's a good answer to make sure that you don't take any extra wax this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I knew well, if I said anything wrong, yeah, it was my right arm. <laughs> yeah, well played right there. Well, hey, like I said, everybody can watch Connor Fields and Chaos take on the Redwoods at 2 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Gold as the Chows look to keep things rolling here in Week Three of the PLL season. So, Connor, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. We'll have to we'll have to check in some more later on in the season. And yeah, definitely uh, put in a good word to see if uh, if you guys need another assistant coach who's ready to warm up blazer give him the the warming he deserves yeah thanks for having me i mean i don't know if they'll i don't know if they'll let you you know because they don't want his confidence ruined but you know what? i'll put in the word <laughs> yeah maybe I'll, I'll just have to sneak in somehow maybe i'll just like hide behind coach towers as he's walking in no one will be able to see me oh it's impossible you hide in the shadow you're, you're good to go <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey go kick some ass this weekend hey thanks for having me all right, and thanks again to Connor for hopping on the mics with us. You can catch him and the chaos as they take on the Redwoods Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. That'll be on NBC Sports Gold. That'll be the first game of the weekend, so we might as well just talk about that a little bit more here. Uh, chaos and Redwoods at SeatGeek Stadium in Chicago. Uh, so both of these teams, they're one and one on the season, but that that chaos win last Sunday – um, it looked like they, you know, the, the first game, they looked pretty good. They, they went to overtime. Um, but it, it looks like that offense right now has found their groove. And the fact that they were able to find it this early is definitely scary. Um, so, you know, the Redwoods, you know, we, we keep talking about that, that Notre Dame defense with the Brown LSMs. So it, it, it's a great team defensively and Tim Troutner, has been a fucking beast so far to start this season coming straight out of high point and then coming over to the PLL and just taking over. So, you know, again, this is a, a, a great defensive team going up against uh, an offense that like, 
I don't care what kind of strategy you have defensively, you're not going to understand what they're going to throw at you. So this will be, for the lack of a better term, a, a chaotic game. For sure. Um, man, I'm just trying to think about this, you know, the, this, this past, um, this past week, like, uh, you know, the, the, the chaos really emerged as, you know, kind of one of the, the, the premier teams, um, you know, no thanks to the dipshits at sports center saying chouse instead of chaos, the, yeah. the, the disrespect, um, you know, I'll send yeah. you guys. I'll, we have people saying that that was that it was a joke to to mispronounce the name, and it's like no, and it, well, no. it's it's like I'm almost more mad if if that's a joke because then that's just like the the pronunciation of chaos was shitty, but if it was a joke, the joke was shittier than the pronunciation. Yeah, it wasn't even a good joke, you know. Like I, I, I God, um, just stop it, Sports Center. Thank you. Uh, well, but don't stop showing lacrosse highlights, you know, if you guys are listening. Um, so, I mean, you have the Redwoods, which are the Redwoods and the Chaos. They both kind of, you know, they're playing in similar ways. They're kind of scrappy. Um, both of the teams are kind of scrappy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, it, the game's kind of close to begin with, but I would feel like the Chaos might pull away um, with this one. They just have a lot of offensive weapons. Now, um, if I were the Redwoods, um, I'm disrupting these guys in transition and I'm really riding hard uh, because the chaos and transition are where they're most deadly. You know, they hit the trailer for the two ball. You know, they scored uh, three two balls, right? Mm. So that's six points off a trailer in transition. Like, that's pretty insane. You know, that would have been – it would have been a 13-12 game um, with, without those six points in, in uh, last weekend. So uh, – that's, I mean, that's my thoughts for the Chaos Redwoods game. I'm going to take, I'm going to do a Stephen A. Smith. I'm going to say, hey, the Chaos, you're probably going to come out on top of this one. However, I would not be surprised if the Redwoods changed up their strategy, pressed the Chaos, and came out with one. Yeah, I would, I, I think that, you know, and, and this is like no disrespect to Ken Cannon or anything like that, um, but I do think that Tim Troutner for, for some, is like just, he's seeing the ball better than anybody right now. Um, you know, some of the saves that this kid is making they're they're unbelievable. And like, not only does he make the save, but then as, as soon as that ball hits his stick, it's going the other way for tra in transition, like in, in a, in a snap. Um, so, and, and to like uh, this kid again, like he, he just graduated and now he's out there. He's just like talking shit constantly. Um, and you love to see that out of a goalie. Like it, it, it doesn't matter. There's really nothing worse like then a goalie chirping you it's it's demoralizing it's absolutely demoralizing to hear a goalie chirp at you yeah and and like a goalie's gonna be chirping because he's confident as shit like it's it i feel like goalie the, shit, the shitty ones don't chirp yeah exactly and like goalies are like pretty like they're they're pretty uh uh like kind of like erratic in that sense where like if if they're down on themselves like they're not going to be chirping like because like there there are some guys like they might that might just be their game where like they go out there and they're going to chirp regardless of how they're playing, just because like they think that that's how they're going to help the team. Um, goalies are, are pretty like emotional. So like if they're confident and they're seeing the ball, they're going to talk shit. If they're having a, a rough day in there, like they're probably going to be like internally screaming at themselves and like not being able to talk shit to you. So like when you have Tim Troutner talking shit to you, not only is it like demoralizing to you in the sense that like, it's like, dude, like this kid that like just graduated is now just ripping me. 
But then also every time I turn around to try to shoot the ball, he's going to stuff me. Um, and I think that that's probably going to, you know, I, I feel like you're going to have to be a little bit more selective of, you know, when you try to step in for a, for a two bomb against him, um, just because the way that he's seeing the ball. And then, you know, again, like there, there are just a, a few shots in that chaos game on Sunday that, uh, you know, you, you can't really like, I don't know how a goalie would be able to pick up like where that shot's coming from, where it's getting released from, where it's going. You know, when you have like Connor Fields coming up that right alley and then just go in backhand, left hand, bottom corner, like that's that's just one that you're not going to be ready for. But I feel like if there's one goalie right now who would be able to just come up with a save like that, it'll be him. So all these games so far, you know, except for the one on Sunday, just because of those two balls um, have been super close. I wouldn't expect anything different. Um, so I, I would imagine that this will be another game that comes down to the wire. I just, as an offensive minded guy, like that's, that's where my brain's going. It's like, this is a team that that's snapping right now and they're getting things going in a lot of different ways in some pretty, uh, you know, pretty unconventional ways. So I, I, I got to roll with the chaos here, even though, um, arbitrarily I said that I was a Redwoods fan like a few weeks ago. Well, I mean, we're, it, it doesn't matter because we're we're Redwoods people now. So well, we, actually, actually, no, I'm a, I'm a journalist, you know. So I can't. Oh, okay. really, I, I don't really get to cheer for teams, right? I I cheer That's for the right. game, you know. I cheer for yeah, the story. It's, it's all about the story. I all I want to see is a good story out there. Um, so as long as the boy, so you know what, you know, maybe someone just like get in a fight. That'll be a good story. Yeah, that'd be a good story. You guys couldn't see it, but I was absolutely just throwing up while. Jordy was talking about uh, being a journalist and rooting for the game. Um, so what do we have next? We got Whip Snakes versus Archers, which I would say is probably the premier, the premier, uh, the premier, ma- uh, premier matchup. Oh, my God. Uh, on Saturday at five. I do want to mention that I despise time zones. Um, so the fact this this two and five bullshit, like I, I know it's only been two weeks of the season so far. But my routine has already been set for a, a one o'clock game and a four o'clock game on Saturdays. Now the fact that they're going out to the Midwest and to Chicago, they're an hour behind. So now we have to go two and five. Again, it's, it's only been two weeks, but that's my routine. I don't like to get off of my routine. So time zones, they're fucking everything up here. Whoever invented time zones in the first place is a bitch. Um, but that's I guess that you know that, that that's another conversation for another time because we do have to talk about. 2-0 whip snakes against the 2-0 archers. So how, how are you feeling heading into the second game on Saturday? So I think the whip snakes have I think there's a lot more to be desired with the whip snakes. I think that, you know, we we've kind of seen everything that the archers have to offer, right? You know, they've got the ball movement, you know, they've got uh an extremely organized offense. You know, it's almost unfair that, you know, uh Will Manny and Marcus Holman and, and Gittleman are all, all on the same team. You know, we for all we know, they sleep in the same bed together. So, you know, the the fairness there is is you know, questionable, but, uh, for the whip snakes, I think there's a lot more to be desired. Like, you know, they, I don't know if we've seen everything out of them, you know, they, they played an absolutely monstrous game last weekend. You know, I think Matt Rambo had five or six points in the first quarter or the first half, you know, he's, uh, he, he's guaranteed for, for some offensive production. And I think a lot, um, you know, they're set, you know, the whip snakes settled offense, you know, against the archers settled offense is, is going to be, uh, you know, kind of who makes better decisions um, ultimately over the course of the game. And, 
you know, if Ryan Drenner shows up with, you know, the Yeezy cleats, you know, what is the archer's response? So, you know, somebody has got to have the same, you know, kind of swag level that, that Drenner has to, you know, meet him where, where he stands. Well, yeah. Like I, I think that that right there, like that's going to be the, the biggest difference maker. Um, you know, listen, the, the saying is look good, feel good, play good. I know it's a cliche, but it's, it's not a cliche. Like it's not just made up. People won't say it for like no reason. Right. Like people have been saying this since like, I feel like George Washington was like the first person to say, look good, feel good, play good. As he was like crossing the Delaware river. He's like, dude, like I look like a fucking million bucks right now. Do you think I'd be afraid to like take on these British assholes? Like, no, not a chance. Like, look at me. Um, and that's going to be the same thing that Drenner is going to be going through. You know, when he steps out onto the field, rocking easy cleats, he's going to be like, who's going to stop me? Like I, like someone step up, like, honestly, like a, a general, a, a sincere question, who was going to stop me? Because it's not going to be any of you assholes. Look at my feet. Um, you know, so when you look that good, it's going to translate into goals. And, you know, we, we've been saying this now, like all these games are going to be tight. Like three out of the six games so far have gone to overtime. Um, four out of the six games have been decided by one goal. So all these games are going to be tight. It, it's going to come down to the game that's within the game in, in order to gain that advantage. And in, in terms of, of the, the swag level, that's uh, that might be the, the biggest, uh, you know, advantage going for the whip sync. So like that right there, again, the, the archers, you kind of mentioned it, you know, they got guys like, like Holman and Manny and Gettleman, like they have all these guys who have played together, have a lot of chemistry going. They're able to move the ball really well offensively. Um, you know, a lot of great off ball looks, uh, you know, and then when you got a guy like Tom Schreiber, who's, who's able to kind of quarterback that offense, like obviously the offense there is, is going to look pretty, pretty mint. But again, it, it all comes down to the games within the game and those Yeezy cleats for me that like that's advantage. Uh, so I got to go drip snakes in this one. I'm going to have to agree. I can't, you know, uh, although the archers settled offense is, you know, pretty, you know, like a well-oiled machine. We'll, we'll have to see what the, what the archers got. Now, if the archers come out with something insane, like, I don't know, Scott Ratliff is out there wearing like, you know, some ridiculous, you know, headpiece or maybe 12 chains or something like that. Like, you know, there's, it, it, that's, that's a force to be reckoned with in and of itself. So, um, I'm going to go opposite you. I'm going to take archers. I think they, I think they've got a swag response for Ryan Jenner. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and they do have those sellies, which like when you can break out the bow and arrow, like it, it gives you a little bit more motivation to pop one in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, so it, 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 we'll see. It'll be a, a you know a Selly factory versus Ryan Drenner and the Drip Snakes. So it'll be a good one. They always are. One of those teams are going to leave Saturday afternoon with their first loss of the season. Then let's fast forward to Sunday afternoon, the Sunday matinee matchup. Uh, one of these teams they will be leaving with their first win of the season. So we've got the Owen two Chrome taking on the Owen two Atlas. This is Sunday, two 30 PM on NBC. No other letters after that, just regular old NBC. Uh, so again, both of these teams, they haven't been able to get into the win column yet. Uh, granted the Chrome that both of their losses came in overtime. So, I mean, they're just two goals away from being undefeated so far. Um, the Atlas or the Atli, they haven't been quite as fortunate so far this season. I, I know it's only been two games, um, but they've they've had a rough go at it. So they got 
Um, you know, they didn't get rolled by the Redwoods in week one, but it was still the biggest margin of victory of, of that weekend. And then obviously the, the chaos just slapped on them last week. Uh, so Atlas right now, they, listen, man, like this is a team that, you know, I feel like when these rosters first got announced, um, you know, people saw Paul Rabel, they saw Trevor Baptiste, they saw, uh, you know, like Kyle Hartzell, or they saw Scotty Rogers. And like, I feel like people immediately thought like, oh, like this is, this is the front runner for this season. Like this is the team that's going to get it done. Oh, like Paul Rabel gave himself the the best team in the league. Um, and, and we've seen so far this season, they haven't been, <laughs> they've been having a rough go at it. So, uh, you know, one of these teams are going to come out with their first win. So Jake, I, I guess I'll just kick it to you. Who do you think that's going to be? Um, you know, we've already seen two premier teams go head to head with Connor Farrell and come out on top, um, you know, in terms of, you know, scoring more goals than the other team, not, ter- not actually defeating Connor Farrell. Um, so if I'm the Atlas, like my, you know, my primary concern is like, what the fuck are we going to do about Connor Farrell at the face off X? Because if you can't get the ball, you know, it's pretty much make it, take it for the Chrome. So the Chrome, I, I imagine that the Chrome strategy is going to be to try to jump out early and just wear the, wear the Atlas down at lie down. Um, you know, Concanon had kind of a rough go at it last week, getting dunked on by Miles Johnson, Miles, uh, Miles Thompson uh, behind the back. And then, you know, all the two balls that he saw. So um, was he a bit exposed? Perhaps. Perhaps, uh, you know, there's a lot of goalie excuses out there that I'll listen to um, being screened by some big men. That's a big one. I'll take that one. Uh, nobody likes a bad screen, um, you know, but I, I think the Atlas is still trying to piece something together. They're trying to get they're trying to get clicking. Um, and I respect that. Um, I think the Chrome are trying to figure out their intangibles outside of, you know, having the face offs locked down. Um, I think I think Starja. Um, who that man was hot last week with some of the calls in that in that game he was mad as fuck i loved it i know that's that's one of my favorite parts of the pll like andy towers by far is my favorite uh, to hear um on the you know on the timeouts and stuff because he's just laying it the fuck out there but dom out there just being just giving the refs everything that, that he has you know between the games and the you know the refs waving him off like coach 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 get <laughs> so um I think I think the Chrome's intensity is going to power them. I think they'll get their first win this weekend. Book it. Yeah, I I think that the the Chrome they probably do need to look into hiring a uh, a, a get back man. Definitely. Um, you know, you you, you seem like it, you could maybe uh you know throw, float that resume over, and and you're just the guy who just needs to kind of yank him back so he's not on the field for you know four straight quarters, just uh, freaking out at the refs. Um. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you know, Connor Farrell is going to play a huge role in this game, and I think that it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good time watching this face-up match, face-off matchup, because you know Trevor Baptiste is, you know, right now he's he's the best face-off guy in the world. Um, you know, he's he's taken over that role, and but like the the flavor of the month, like I. Obviously, Trevor Bat and like if you've ever seen Trevor Baptiste at any of these events, like where there are little kids around, this kid has like like I, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about his hand speed 
at, with the draws because he's just signing so many autographs. Like he's obviously a fan favorite and he, he's signing autographs all the goddamn time. So obviously he, he's got the popularity there, but I do feel like, like Farrell is a guy who's coming in here, the milkman and he's, he's making waves and this is just going to be a real battle of the thickness at the face off X between Baptiste and, and Farrell. Like those are two, meaty meaty boys who are going to be going head to head so i think that that's going to be a lot of fun to watch um yeah i don't know i i just i'm i'm having a little like difficult time trying to figure out what exactly it is that the atlas do offensively um i feel like there's not really like an identity there so like you you got guys like kieran mccardle who can you know they they got a, a nice sweet like Kieran McArdle and, and Ryan Brown, both of those guys, they have like a, just a great stroke. I think both of those guys took uh, Blaze Reardon low to high last weekend. Um, and then you got guys like, like uh, you know, Joel Tenney and um, Chris Cluche, who, you know, they kind of bring a little bit of, of the box flavor to the offense. And then you've got guys like, you know, then you got Paul Rabel, who's, you know, doing what he always does from up top. But there, there's just, I don't really know, like, how they're all working together. Whereas the Chrome, like, I feel like they have a really good thing going with, you know, all these guys who are, um, you know, they're, they're so used to either playing with each other or just like knowing each other's game. Like, you, you know, you think about it, like, like Ned Karate and Matt Donowski, like both of those guys are like an older generation of Duke lacrosse players. Um, you know, so they're not like the same generation as guys like Justin Gutterding or Jordan Wolf but they both been coaching at Duke. Like they both coached those guys at Duke. So like, even though, you know, they weren't playing together with each other at Duke, like they, they know their game there. Um, you know, and then obviously like those guys play with Jordan Wolf with team USA and everything like that. Um, but like, so they, they kind of understand how each other operates. They know how to like work off of each other. So it's, you know, I think that that's kind of a, uh, again, it, it's, it's just going to take a while for like the Atlas to like figure out like what it is that they, that they do well. And I think that the Chrome, like they already have that built-in chemistry. They've been that close in both of these games so far this season. So I, I do think, you know, they're, they're the closer team to getting that first win. So I, I'll probably ride with you there going with, uh, you know, Chrome taking home their first dub of the season. Yeah, I think that's a pretty, a pretty solid bet, you know, and, and sometimes, yeah, I guess we're you know at the core of it, we're kind of waiting on the on some of these guys and on on the Atlas to uh, to wake up. You know, we're, you know Ryan Brown's definitely like a sleeping giant. Um, you know, so we'll we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens, man. I, I mean, it's going to be another good round of games. The, the the fortunate thing is, like every single week, we can be like, damn, these are going to be all good games. So yeah. like we're super fortunate. We're actually kind of spoiled by that. So that's nice. We appreciate that. Yeah. I, again, like. I, I I feel like every every week there's a chance that the goal differential for all three games could just be three goals total. Um, you know, I, I think that that'll be you know that would be great for like it, it'd be awesome to see you know three overtime games as we you know with two of these games being on um, you know being nationally televised on NBCSN and, and NBC. I I think that because like that was probably a little bit of an issue. Like I didn't see the numbers. And even if I did see the numbers, I wouldn't know what they meant for the ratings for that game on NBC. Um, but I do feel like there's a chance that like maybe some people did, like maybe they had the game on um, after the, the French open on Sunday 
And then like right off the bat, it was like eight, one chaos, or as Bucci would say, chouse. Um, and then they're like, Oh, okay. Like I, I don't need to watch this anymore. So for, for this NBC game, Thanks to that. We can make sure that everyone stays tuned in. Um, but yeah, a, a tight game right off. Numbers. And even if I did, I wouldn't understand what they mean. Like, I feel like it's always just like, like a point something. And I'm like, what the mm -hmm. fuck is that? Like, it was a, it was a overnight point six, And it's like, I don't, that, I don't like, get it. I'm like, those are nothing just, to me. Those are just random words that you threw together. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I would, you know, I think we would all love to see three tight games. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think a, a fucking shit pumping every once in a while is going to be good to see, just to see one team be completely dominant. But for the most part, three great games, that'll all be pretty close. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got chaos over Redwoods, the Drip Snakes over the Archers, and the Chrome getting their first dub over the Atli. Yeah, I think I got everything except uh, I got Archers over Drip Snakes. All right, well, that will be week three of the Premier Lacrosse League season in Chicago this weekend. So, um, hey, if, if you guys are going to be out there at Chicago, feel free to send in any pictures or videos at The Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so tell your friends, tell your family. And as always, we are going to keep it low to high to the day we die. Yeah. Yeah. And you say Shy City, Shy City, Shy City. I'm coming home again. Do you think about me now and then? Yeah. Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home again. I met this girl when I was three years old. And what I love most, she had so much soul. She said, excuse me, little homie, I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy and I like to blow trees. And from that point, I never blow her off. Come from out of town, I like to show her off. They like to act tough, she like to tone them off. And make them straighten up their hat, cause she know they soft. And when I grew up, she showed me how to go downtown. And at nighttime, my face lit up, so astounding. I told her, and my heart is where she always be. She never mess with entertainers, cause they always leave. She said it felt like they walked and drove on me Knew I was gang affiliated, got on TV and told on me I guess that's why last winter she got so cold on me She said, yeah, keep making that, keep making that platinum and gold for me Do you think about me now and then? Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home start again but if you really cared for then you wouldn't have never hit the airport to follow your dreams sometimes i still talk to her but when i talk to her it always seems like she's talking about me she said you left your kids and they just like you they want to rap and make soul beats just like you but they just not you and i just got through talking about what trying to do just not new now everybody got the game figured out all wrong i guess you never know what you got till it's gone i guess that's why i'm here and i can't come back home and guess when i heard that when i was back home every interview i'm representing you making you proud reach for the stars so if you fall you land on a cloud jump in the crowd talking lighters wave them around if you don't know I'm by now i'm talking again. about shot town do you think about me now